You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 168, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. This is Cassandra Von Worsley, the creator of She Runs the Show, your host, and also fellow entrepreneur. So welcome to episode 168. All right, let's get down to business. So on um, pretty much a yearly basis on She Runs the Show, I love to review my top 10 business lessons for the year. One, because it forces me to do some reflection time and to think about what those lessons were. And two, because in sharing them with you, I hope these are lessons that you can take for yourself without having to go through the bumps and the mistakes and the failures of learning them yourself. So you can kind of listen to the mistakes and the things that I've done wrong and the lessons that I've learned, and you can just apply them immediately and not have to go up that learning curve of experience. I'm sure you've got enough of your own that you're going to do. All right. So let's dive in because it's been, 2018 has been, I would say it's been an interesting year, but it has not been an amazing year. Now I'm speaking from my perspective at this point. It has felt like a year of cleaning and clearing for me and really looking at different areas of my life and different focuses of my life and asking the question, is this worth keeping or not? Should this stay? Should this go? I think for me, 2018 has been a year about clarity, gaining a ton of clarity. And so when I thought about what are my top 10 business lessons of 2018, a lot of this, this year was about getting super, super clear on what I want and what I don't want on where my strength zone or my zone of genius is and where my weaknesses are and what I'm going to do to stop those weaknesses. So I'm going to, I put these top 10 business lessons of 2018 in no particular order. So it's not like number one is the top, top lesson or number 10 is the bottom one. But I'm going to go through them because I really want you to hear from my perspective what each of those lessons means to business and to being an entrepreneur and to creating a successful business. So my first of the top 10 business lessons of 2018 is this. Self-love is the secret to business success. You know, you watch all these webinars and these courses and, you know, people say, well, here are the, the, the top seven secrets to business success, or here's the secret to getting rich or whatever you want to call it. Actually, I love the book by Wallace D. Waddles. It's an old book. I think he was around when Napoleon Hill was around and Wallace D. Waddles wrote The Science of Getting Rich. If you've never read it, read it. There is timeless wisdom in that. It really isn't something that you just apply to getting rich. It's something that you apply to everything. But let's dive back into the my first top 10 business lesson of 2018. Self-love is the secret to business success. I really had to look at my life this year and I had to ask myself the question, both in life and business, how are the choices that I'm making and the actions that I'm taking, how are they demonstrating my love for myself? This is a really important question. How are the actions that I'm taking, the thoughts that I'm thinking, the decisions that I'm making, how are these things, these feelings, thoughts, behaviors, actions, decisions, life choices, how are they demonstrating my love for myself? And this is why that's such an important question 
most of us understand the concept of self-love, right? Self-love is you love yourself exactly as you are. You approve and accept yourself exactly as you are. You know that you're deserving of good things and you create boundaries and standards and a life that on a daily basis reflects you caring for yourself, loving yourself, nurturing yourself. So we all get the definition. I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't know in a, a very big vision way what self-love is. But here's the thing that I was looking at this year. And here's the place that I really had to have a get it together talk with myself on. It's one thing to know the definition of self-love. It's another thing to live it. I want you to sit with that for a second because I sat all year with this. It's one thing to know the definition of self-love. It's another thing to live it. And so I really had to look at my life this year and I had to say, you know, um, Kamal Ravikant wrote a book called, my goodness, I wonder if I have it on my desk because if I do, I need to pull it out and read. You know what? I don't. Kamal Ravikant. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, that's so perfect. You guys will have to excuse the shuffling because I, I don't want to mess up his words but I do want to quote him. So Kamal Ravikant wrote this beautiful little book. You literally will read it in an hour or two called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And one of his chapters is called One Question. And this is what he says. I'm just going to give you his exact words because this is where this I, this top 10 business lesson of self-love is the secret to business success comes from. So Kamal in the book says, it's easy to say I love myself while locked inside my apartment recovering from being sick. Tougher when I'm back to the land of the living, interacting with people who have their own issues and mental loops. That is where the question came from. In dealing with others and reacting to their negative emotions with my own, I found myself asking this question. If I loved myself truly and deeply, would I let myself experience this? The answers always was a no. It worked beautifully because I'd been working on the mental loop. The step after no was clear. Rather than solving the emotion or trying not to feel it, I would just return to the one true thing in my head. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. This question is deceptively simple in its power. It gently shifts your focus from wherever you are, whether it's anger or pain or fear, any form of darkness to where you want to be. And that is love. You, your mind and life have no choice but to follow. So here's the question in any moment, right? In any moment when you're pissed off, you're angry, you're mad, uh, you're bending your boundaries or allowing other people to violate them. You're not doing the things that are best for you, best for your business. You're compromising, you're settling for whatever it is you're doing. When you ask the question, if I loved myself truly and deeply, would I let myself experience this? Your soul's going to answer you immediately. Immediately, you're gonna, you're gonna know. Listen, everybody knows when they betray themselves. Everybody. People can say that they don't. People can say they didn't know that they were bending their boundaries or being human dormant. Everybody feels it in the second that they do it. So for me in 2018, I really had to look at every area of my life from my weight, my fitness, uh, how I take care of myself, my clothing choices, cause you know, all I do is wear workout clothes, by the way. Um, my business and how much time I was allocating to my business, um, other arenas where I, I knew that this has to go, like this has to go and it's not gone yet. And I had to ask myself, am I in my words, my thoughts, my actions, my decisions, my choices, 
Am I really truly loving myself? If I loved myself deeply and truly, would I be allowing this to stay in my life? Would I be allowing that to be my work ethic? Would I be? So I had to ask that question and I've spent 2018 really asking that question. And here's the answer that I've gotten. Self love is the secret to business success because when you, when you are really living the idea of self love, you do make the choices that are best for you. You do set and hold your boundaries. You do create higher standards for yourself and then you meet them. You are vigilantly consistent in your business. You are relentlessly focused and unapologetically so. You know, right now I'm on a kick of writing my, my goal for 2019 is writing 52 ebooks in 52 weeks, plain and simple. And I'm about four or five books in right now. I started this, this, uh, goal, this challenge in November. And what's really interesting about it is when you truly real, so when you, when you love yourself, you don't break promises to yourself, which in turn leads to you being vigilantly consistent. Now, where am I going with this? I just published a book on Amazon. You can check them out at overcomingfearbooks.com. I just published a book on Amazon called The Year of You, a 10-step plan for reinventing your life. And in fact, in the book, I give you a link to the reinvention plan workbook. I've literally created a workbook for you that breaks down everything you need to do to create your reinvention plan. Get it. I'm just, it makes life simple. You just fill it out, you print it up, you put in a binder, and then you make yourself live that until you reinvent your life. So in The Year of You, I talk about this idea of being unapologetic about becoming the best version of you. And I have another book that I'm going to be writing in the next month or two that's called Guilt-Free Focus. Now, why am I writing a book called Guilt-Free Focus? Because so often, especially for women entrepreneurs, and especially when you're at the beginning stages of business where you've got to grind and hustle and really nothing else is in your life. And even if it is, it takes a backseat to your grind and your hustle. There's this whole thing that we do where, yeah, we might have really great work ethic in our business and we might really, you know, be grinding in our business but there's this tinge to every time we get in front of the computer, every time we're doing a lot more hours than most people do, um, we feel guilt, right? We feel, we feel a tinge of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I'm working too much. I feel really bad. You know, my kids don't see me. My partner doesn't see me. My spouse doesn't. Work. And so I'm writing a book called Guilt-Free Focus because that tinge of guilt you have no idea how much that erodes your ability to take DMA, what I like to call daily massive action. So I'm writing a book called Guilt-Free Focus. And I say all of that to say that this is why this is such a secret to business success. When you love yourself, and I mean, I don't mean talking it, I mean living it. When you live in a state where consistently day in and day out, you wake up and do what's best for you. You treat yourself well. You hold to your standards. You you pursue the things that make your heart sing. You don't care what other people have to say about you because there's always going to be hateration, just so you know. Um, and, and you really mean that. And you focus without guilt. And you're unapologetically you. And you set and hold boundaries. And you hold folks to them. When you live the the idea of self-love in that way, you're way more productive in business. You're way more successful because you just don't take shit. You, you just don't, you don't play games because that is not even a part of the paradigm of your existence. So for me this year, it has been a year of really looking at 
Where am I not loving myself? Where am I not being unapologetically me? Where am I not standing up for what I really want? Where am I allowing things to remain in my life that actually need to go? And how am I going to flip that in 2019 so that I'm living according to my highest standards? I'm holding and keeping all of my boundaries. I'm living the joy every single day of being unapologetically myself, which does work a lot, which loves the work she does. And how am I going to do that in a way that really just teaches every single person in my life how to treat me? How am I going to do that? So that was my first, um, and not necessarily the top one, but definitely a lesson of 2018, one of my business lessons, self-love is the secret to business success. Now, the second of my top 10 business lessons of 2018, because obviously I learned way more. I mean, every year as entrepreneurs, we learn way more than 10 lessons, but I'll give you these top 10. The second of the top 10 business lessons for me of 2018 was this. When you know your worth, other people will too. When you know your worth, other people will too. You know, I, I've had, this year has been a year where I have seen, uh, I have had experiences, and I, I don't know if betrayal is the right word, but I've had experiences of hateration. I think hateration is the right word. I've had more experiences of hateration this year than I have in a long time. And part of that is because my business is growing. Part of that is because I'm, I'm more public, I think, probably than I've ever been. And I've experienced more hateration. I've also experienced more, um, I've been in situations to a much more intense, uh, level where it, it is becoming very clear to me in certain dynamics, both personal and professional, that I am not valued. I don't know if this is going to make sense to, to, to those who are listening but I'm just trusting intuition that it will. I've been in, I've been in situations where it is, it has been become glaringly apparent that from other people's perspectives, I am not valued. And I've had to sit and look at, at, first of all, I've had to sit with it because here's the thing. I was raised by a mother who constantly was my cheerleader and, Growing up, adulthood, we have a little bit of different dynamic, but growing up constantly told me I was the best. I don't remember having an experience from birth in, until about age 16 where I wasn't told I could do anything I wanted. I could be anything I wanted. I'm the best. There is no better. Uh, even in situations growing up where I had kids that didn't want to be friends with me, my mother simply was so affirming that I had a sense of confidence. Like, I'll give you an example. I think I write about this in a book. I went to Catholic school growing up, and um, and there was a point where, you know, I wasn't growing up like the fitness kid. I was always the nerd, the geek. Uh, you know, I finished all of my first grade year uh, in reading and English. I finished it in the first month of the thing, and so the nun had to call my mother in and say, listen, she did all the work of the year in like a month. Please calm her down. So I've always been the intellectual. I've always been the nerd. I've always been the person who's in her books and I love books. And when I build the dream house, there will be a massive library. Like I'm talking Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon movie. There'll be a massive library in my house because that's how much I love books. And I'm surrounded by books. I can look at my desk right now and I have tons of books everywhere. Um, so I've always been that kind of a, a person, very, very studious, very intellectual. That is who I am. 
So there came a point where I wasn't the jock and I wasn't somebody who was fit prone. And you know how when you're little, if you're, you know, old enough to be in Generation X, you get this. You, you have to pick teams for dodgeball. You have to pick teams during recess for kickball. And obviously, I was always one of the last people to be picked. And there came a point at Catholic school, and this is elementary school that I'm talking about, where I... um people didn't want to have me on their teams and they didn't want to play with me. Sounds so strange because I'm about to be 41 and talking about people wanting to play with me. Um, and they didn't want, they didn't want me, they didn't want to be friends with me at recess for whatever reason. I can't even remember what it was, but they just didn't want to hang out with me. So I went home and I don't remember if I talked to my mother about it, but I think what my mother's take was, well, then just go do your thing. Right. And at that time, my mother had taught me to crochet. I literally have been crocheting since the age of three. She started me with one long, 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 long line of crochet, and I don't remember when I learned how to do more. So then what I started to do every day at recess is I would literally bring my bag of crochet, yarn and needle, yarn and needle, and I would sit on the side steps of the playground, and I would just crochet by myself. And I was happy as could be crocheting by myself. And you know, really within a few weeks of that, by the time I, when I decided I was just going to do me and just be happy doing something I love to do within a few weeks, I had four or five other kids who bought crochet and yarn and I was teaching them how to do that. It's kind of crazy. And so that has been a real sentiment in my life is that I have no problems being a loner. I have no problems doing my own thing. I have no problems if people don't like me. Like it just, but this is where lesson number two comes in. That has been good in the sense that I can take a journey alone and, and figure it out, but it hasn't been good in the sense of it never taught me how to deal with group situations where my worth is in question because I was raised by a mother who filled me with self-worth and filled me with affirmation. And then I was also somebody who could easily be a loner. I didn't need people, don't require them, still don't. Um, but that doesn't teach you how to, when you're in a group situation, whether you have to be in that group dynamic or not, when you're in a group situation, how do you when, when you're surrounded by people who don't value you, how do you deal with that? I never had to learn about that. And so in 2018, especially, I would say, I've been confronted with that full on, like literally the whole issue of when you're in a situation and it could be a fi family dynamic, right? You can't necessarily divorce your family. They don't value you. If they don't get you, if they don't see you, if every time you have to be around them because you're not going to go to, you're just not going to stay home from Thanksgiving dinner because folks don't value you. When you're in those situations, how do you still own your worth, know your worth, be all of what that value is, even if other people are not going to reciprocate and acknowledge your value. So that has been my second top 10 business lesson. And it's here. When you know you're worth, other people will too. Now in 2019, I'm going to do some episodes on how that concept relates to the idea of sales. Meaning what do you do when, when clients don't want to pay you what you're worth? What do you want to do? What do you do when clients don't pay you? What do you do when um, you're charging top dollar for a product and people send you emails and go, that's too expensive. How are other, you know, people who really need this going to afford it? Yeah. See, here's where top 10 business lesson number two comes from. When you know your worth, other people will too. And it's really simple. This is what I charge. If you can't afford it, I'm sure there's somebody else out there meant for you who do, does something similar to that. 
for a lower price, but this is what I'm worth. And I'm unwilling to settle for anything less because if I'm your coach or I'm your person, I'm going to make sure that you don't settle for anything less. So number two is really important, especially when it comes to sales and marketing, because until you know your own worth, you will not know how to deal with the objections that others are going to have to how much you charge, to how you run your show and how you run your business. Third top business lesson of 2018 for me was this, time everything. This is a really simple, straightforward one. I do not get any sort of affiliate or payment from toggle.com, which is T-O-G-G-L.com. But let me just put a shout out for toggle. I love toggle. I mean, I literally time everything that I do in my business. And 2018 has demonstrated to me so beautifully the power of timing everything because so often we go into a brand new year, we set all of these goals. You know, I'm going to write 52 books and I'm going to produce 50 courses and I'm going to, we set all these goals. But how do you know if your goal is realistic if you don't know how much time it takes to attain your goal? For instance, I can tell you how long it takes me to write 4,000 words. I know exactly to the minute, to the second even, how long it takes me to write 4,000 words. I can tell you exactly how long it takes me to produce an entire episode of She Runs a Show from producing, post-producing, creating the images in Canva to posting on social media. I can tell you exactly how much time it takes. And the only reason that I can do that is because I time everything I do on my business using toggle.com, period, the end. So the third lesson was really, you got to know how much time things take. You have to know how much time it takes you to write an email to your email list. You have to know how much time it takes you to write a blog post on your blog. You've just got to know that. You've got to time everything. Fourth of my top 10 business lesson of 2018 was this one. This was a huge one too. Organic email list building is the best way to go. So I experimented a lot in 2018 with Facebook ads. And let me just, let me just clear the room and say this really quickly. I don't know a damn thing about Facebook ads. I really don't. I'm not good at it. Uh, I have no idea. I've watched enough tutorials and webinars. I do not, let me repeat myself. I do not have a clue how to um, do Facebook ads well. And there will come a time in my business where I will hire somebody or I will enroll in a course that I cannot wait to enroll in that's going to do Facebook ads for me, which is amazing. But I spent 2018 sort of dabbling in Facebook ads and spending a bunch of money. And I'll tell you, I got nada from it, nada from it. And it's not because Facebook's the problem. I have, <clears throat> I have lots of entrepreneur friends. Facebook is golden for them. So I know it's my strategy. It's not the, the platform. And what I, and because one of my goals for 2018 was to build my list. And here's what I've discovered about list building. And this is especially a great lesson for those of you who are relatively new to business. You don't have a ton of money to invest and try things out and dabble and make mistakes. Organic email list building is the best way to go. What do I mean when I say organic? Meaning this is the hard road. This is the road that takes more time, but this is the road that is more intimate. You're connecting on a deeper level with people. By far, my my best strategies for organic email list building in 2018 has been taking the time 
and again, I toggle everything so I know how much time it takes, taking the time to write medium blog posts on medium.com and really writing great stuff that helps people, that serves people. And at the end of each medium blog post, linking to an, either an ebook I wrote or to an email list that I have. So huge thing right there, medium blog posting. And the second thing were my ebooks, literally having those free periods on my ebooks, writing an ebook and having a free period, getting people to review it, um, posting to all of the free Facebook groups for my ebooks and having people sign up for my email list because they downloaded the free ebook and they, and they read it and they loved it. Both of those take a lot of work. Like here's the thing that people don't get when you're organically email list building, whether you're using webinar or Facebook live, or you have to take the time to create amazing content that you're then going to give away for free, that you're putting your heart and soul into, that you're really thinking about how can I serve? How can I give? How can I, how can I just give people something that's game changing? That's how I approach writing medium blog posts. That's how I approach writing my books. And those produce the best results. They were far better than, you know, posting on Instagram or posting on Pinterest or let alone the Facebook ads that I paid for. So my fourth top 10 business lesson was that organic email list building is simply, especially when you're at the beginning or even in the middle, when you just know you want to build an email list of raving fans, not just people who are signing up for free stuff, but raving fans, organic email list building is the best way to go. Fifth of my top 10 business lessons of 2018 was this huge one. Frequency and intensity is a business superpower. Frequency and intensity is a business superpower. I'm not going to sit here for too long. I probably need to do a future episode just on this concept alone. But what I, I am an intense person, right? Those of you who've listened long enough, you know, I'm a very intense person. I am a zero 100 person. Either I go all the way or none of the way. It's taken me decades to figure out that I am not the work-life balance girl. And I'm certainly not the, you know, like, let's be even keeled. And let's just like, I'm not a type B. I'm a total type A. Love that I'm a type A and I'm zero 100, period, the end. So, I, but also, and I say this in, in some of the books that I've written about focus, if you have to choose between consistency and intensity, intensity means nothing if it's not consistent. But the problem with intensity is intensity can be so much that it burns you out before you can get to consistency. So I've always said, if you have to choose between intensity and consistency, go with consistency first, develop the consistency habit first, then add in layers of intensity. But here's the gift of what I learned in, in my business in 2018. Frequency and intensity is a business superpower because if you combine frequency, which is doing certain business tasks every single day, seven days a week, no break, then you naturally build an intensity because you are not um, taking a break, even a day of, of a break from that business task. So you don't have to recalibrate when you go back to it by doing it every single day, which is frequency. You're, you're more efficient. You're more effective. You produce more. For example, I send out a daily email to my tribe. It's called the Daily Dose of Inspiration. If you're not on the list, listen, you're going to want the Daily Dose of Inspiration. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash KV Daily Dose. That's tinyurl.com forward slash KV Daily Dose. Sign up for it. 
So it used to take me a long time to do that daily email. It used to take me a long time to prepare it and write it and figure out what pictures I was going to, it used to take me a long time. It takes me a fraction of the amount of time now to do it because it's something I do seven days a week. I don't have to recalibrate to it. I know where I left off yesterday. I know what I need to say today. The template is set up. And so I can intensely deliver value in my daily email because I do it so frequently. But if I did, let's say, two emails a week, let's say I did emails on Mondays and Fridays. So Monday, I'm raring to go. But then you have a break of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But at the time I get to the Friday email, I'm, I'm not, I'm not efficient or proficient at it. So then I have to think about, okay, so what did I talk about on Monday's email? And then I figure out, well, how do I do this again? Because I haven't been in AWeber for the last three or four days. So, one of the biggest distinctions I got this year was that there is a, a, a space where if you're combining this, the productivity strategies of frequency and intensity, it becomes a business superpower and you get a lot more done in your business in a lot less time because you are doing certain things and the key things in your business every single day. Now, can you do everything in your business every single day? No, but there are going to be those three to five key things that really are the game changers of your business, that if you can do them seven days a week, do them seven days a week, it makes a huge difference to productivity in the long run. So that's the fifth of my top 10 business lessons of 2018. The sixth of my top 10 business lessons of 2018 is this, coffee doesn't help my productivity. This, this was, you know, this was a hard one. I, I have been a coffee drinker for most of my life. My parents are Haitian. Uh, so given the French kind of background, coffee is a staple of the home of the family, whatever. I've been a coffee drinker most of my life. I, I mean, even as a child, like, I don't remember how young, maybe 10, 11, but coffee drinker most of my life. So there have been periods of my life where I've given up coffee for a number of reasons. Most importantly, anytime that I'm trying to get pregnant, anytime that uh, I want to prevent miscarriage, especially as I get older, caffeine is questionable in terms of the research. Coffee is questionable. And so... I have spent 2018 really on and off trying to give up coffee. I've finally done it. And, and, and the, you know, I talk about there's just something about me when it comes to a fitness journey or, or giving up something like coffee where I flip a switch. I don't know what it takes to do it. It just happens all of a sudden and boom, I'm done. Like that is done. I need to actually flip, flip the switch on sugar, just saying, but not happened yet. So. One of the lessons for me is coffee doesn't help my productivity. Now, here's why that's an important business lesson. I used to believe that um, because I am an intense person, because I'm 0-100, I used to believe that coffee gave me the edge on that, that coffee ramped me up, that it helped me produce so much more and do so much more and work so much longer in my business and stay up later. And what I came to realize really in 2018 is that's not, that's not the source of my intensity or my productivity. My soul is like who I am is the source of all that zero 110 stuff. It's not the coffee. And in fact, the coffee would not only make my stomach upset, but it would keep me up at night because my mind would be racing. So my sleep would be shitty. So that I'm tired the next day. It just produced this vicious cycle. And I really had to sit when I, when I gave up coffee this last time, I really had to sit with getting real with myself about is coffee really helping me or is this just a glorified liquid version of a piece of cake that's 600 calories by the time I put sugar and French vanilla coffee mate in it that I'm justifying because I like the taste of it. I love the taste of coffee, especially with French vanilla and sugar. 
And so I had to come to a point where I said, okay, do I want the sweetness and the taste of my coffee more than I want my business productivity because it's not true that my coffee helps my productivity. It actually hurts it. So I had to get real with that in 2018 and I did. And then I gave up the coffee. Now, the beautiful part about giving up coffee this time is the last couple of times I gave up coffee earlier in the year, I missed coffee incredibly. I missed it. The withdrawal is just a pain in the ass. I mean, those first three days suck. The withdrawal headaches, the fatigue, This last time, I still had that for a couple days, but after about a week or two, I didn't miss it. I mean, I don't even fill that void by drinking tea at this point. And in fact, the only time that I miss coffee is when I go to a certain grocery store and I can smell the Starbucks um, Frappuccino drinks. I, then I'm, I have, I'm like, Oh, I miss coffee. But other than that, I don't miss coffee. And I, I love the way that I feel without coffee. My stomach feels pretty good as long as I'm eating pretty good. Uh, my sleep is way better. I mean, I do not have my mind racing at night the way that I did with coffee. And I would drink coffee before 10 a.m. and still have sleep disturbances. So coffee does different things to different people, but for me, it just doesn't work. And so that was the sixth business lesson for me of 2018 is that coffee doesn't help my productivity and it had to go and it did. The seventh of my top 10 business lessons of 2018 was this. Don't judge the size of a task before you do it. (laughs) I have had a real get it together uh, experience with myself this year of not making, um, not making mountains out of molehills. That's what my mother used to say when I was growing up. She's like, oh, Cassandra, you always make mountains out of molehills. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I have the tendency to do that. So one of the things I've had a realization about in 2018 is that I try to avoid tasks that I think I don't have enough time to do. I'm a big toggle user. I'm a big timer of things. So if there's a task I haven't done yet, for example, I want to have all of my eBooks in paperback version. And so I spent the bulk of 2018 avoiding doing that because I was like, man, I've got to use, learn to use, you know, KDP Puzzle Publishing and the cover is going to be an issue and I don't want to have to learn Photoshop. And, you know, I had this litany of stuff going on in my head about it's just too big a task. I don't have time for it right now. And the other day I sat down and I said, you know what? I'm just going to figure out how long this sucker takes. And it literally took me an hour and 15 minutes to upload the first paperback version of one of my ebooks. Now I'm going to add in some reality here. I'm still having issues with the cover. I am still going to need to go back in and figure out what the heck is not working with my cover. So at the end of the day, I think the first paperback version of one of my ebooks is going to take me a total of two hours to complete. And then after that, each new one will take me an hour. Um, <clears throat> and I get that. I get that completely, but I could have instead of prejudging the size of a task or assuming, man, I don't have time or, oh, this is going to take too long. I could have in January of 2018 just did it once to figure out how hard it was going to be. The same thing with my camera, right? I have this fancy Canon camera that my husband bought me for my birthday in 2018. And I procrastinated the whole year about like not using the camera to shoot videos because I was like, but when I shoot videos with my iPhone, I can just go click upload to YouTube and it works perfectly and it just doesn't take any time. And I got, you know, I had issues with the audio on the Canon 77D working and all this kind of stuff. And I finally got to a point a few weeks ago where I was like, no, I need the quality of my Canon camera for the videos for my course. I need this thing to work. And I just took the time to figure it out. And do you know that on the Canon, the Canon 77D, you basically click a, you, you, you click a button, you connect the Canon to your phone 
and then you click another button and within seconds the video on the Canon camera goes to your phone. You can also send it to your computer, which I think I'm going to do next time. And then you can edit it on your computer. I was like, and I just said to myself, oh, I have been using this Canon camera the whole year, but because I was judging the size of a task before I actually did it, I made it a bigger deal than it was. So lesson number seven is don't judge the size of a task before you actually do it. My eighth top 10 business lesson of 2018 is this. Consistency means scheduling the right tasks at the right time. So if you have taken my course, The Focus Mindset Formula, which if you know shiny object syndrome is a problem for you, go to CassandraVon.com, go to programs, buy The Focus Mindset Formula and take the course. So in the Focus Mindset Formula, I talk about the fact that consistency is king. I actually give you a formula for developing your ability to apply relentless focus to your goals and dreams. And so I always say consistency is king. But here's the distinction that I got in 2018 for myself in terms of business. Consistency is not just about doing things consistently. Consistency means scheduling the right tasks at the right time. I had a big inner battle with myself this year about where does my workout, because I do intense workouts, where do my workouts go? Where does my writing go? Where does, because I'm an early morning person. I'm up at 4 a.m. most mornings. And early more, like I am, I am the best from the time I wake up probably to about 3 p.m. And then after 3 p.m., not so good. And then by 7 p.m., worthless, right? Worthless. So, I've been, I had the struggle most of the year of like, okay, I love to write in the morning, but I also love to exercise in the morning. So do I write or do I exercise? Do I exercise? Do I write? Just this big fight. But here's the lesson that I got from figuring that piece out. Consistency means it, it's not just what you do every single day. You've got to schedule things at the right time. They have to be at the right time. So I've moved my workout time out of the early morning because I found that although getting the workout done first thing is a relief and although, you know, I'm awake first thing in the morning, A, I don't work as hard as I do later in the day, but B, it exhausts me. So then I do this long workout and I feel really accomplished because I do this long workout, but then I have no energy for the rest of the day to do the other things that need to get done. So I flipped the script on that and that was a big aha moment. Consistency means scheduling the right tasks at the right time. Now, are there challenges to working out later in the day? Yes, because life happens. Stuff gets in the way. And so one of the reasons why I loved early morning workouts is nothing got in the way because as soon as I woke up, I went straight to the workout. There was no opportunity for things to get in the way. Now I have to manage my boundaries and manage my life in such a way that the workout is still non-negotiable, even if other things can get in the way. So that's tough. But my exercise time is now at the right time and it wasn't before. So consistency, this is lesson number eight. Consistency means scheduling the right tasks at the right time. My top 10 business lesson of 2018, number nine, is this. This was a huge one for me. Use your emotions. Don't let your emotions use you. Let me just, let me just drop this. I, I spent far too much time in 2018 letting my emotions use me far too much. Like there is so much energy that gets used when people rile you up, they piss you off. Um, you're not happy with the way they've responded to things. You know, you find out people are talking about you behind, like I have used in 2018 way too much freaking energy and emotion. I've allowed my emotions to use me. And so a big distinction that I got this year was, uh, uh, 
if I'm going to build this empire, I cannot allow my emotions to use me. I've got to use my emotions, period. And what is, what is the difference? So when you let your emotions use you, you are at the effect of your emotions. You are feeling them and reeling from them and reacting from them and you're stewing in them and you're sitting in them and you're, I mean, so much of your thought life, so much of your energy is getting drained by you letting your emotions use you. Now, when you use your emotions, here's the difference. Because you know I have a 24-hour rule. My 24-hour rule is this. When I get hit by something, when I get emotionally gut punched, when life throws me a curveball I couldn't see coming or I didn't see coming, I usually have a 24-hour rule. I give myself 24 hours to cry. That means I have from the moment I get emotionally gut punched or the moment something happens, I have 24 hours to cry. I, in the, and in those 24 hours, let me tell you, I throw the biggest, baddest pity party you could ever imagine. So I throw my pity parties, I vent, I cry, I do everything I got to do. And then as soon as those 24 hours are up, I get back up, keep it moving, period. And so when you are using your emotions, you are no longer at the mercy of your emotions. You're no longer stewing in your emotions. You're no longer letting other people make you mad or make you upset. You literally give yourself whatever amount of time you need to process and vent and then you go, all right, what am I going to do about this now? What am I going to do about this now? Because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter that somebody doesn't like me or somebody's talking about me behind my back or somebody's treating me badly. All of that's nice. But the fact is, it's not what is happening that is most important. It is what I am choosing to do in response to what's happening that can literally change the game. So when you're using your emotions, you are leveraging them to say, okay, how am I going to use this to get to where I want to be? You're, you're, and you're angling and you're moving and you're taking and you're shifting things, but you are not stewing in things. So that's the ninth lesson for me. Use your emotions. Don't let your emotions use you. And the 10th and final business lesson that I'm going to talk about today, and this is my top 10 business lessons of 2018, is this. Big one, big one. Not the biggest, but big Here's the 10th lesson. Haters come in every size, shape, form, and fashion. Appreciate their role in your success. I have had more haters this year than I have in a long time, probably ever. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you, and I laugh because I love my haters. I love them. I, I have to tell you, I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love my haters. And the biggest eye opener for me of this year is haters come in every size, shape, form, and fashion. They will post things to your business page. They will send you private messages that are rude. They'll send you emails that are rude. They will talk about you behind your back. They will talk to your family. Hey, haters live in your family. Just saying. They will, family members will talk about you behind your back. Uh, they will say all kinds of shit and then smile to your face. And, Again, in connection with use your emotions, don't let your emotions use you. The big epiphany that I had this year is that haters, as long as you're doing amazing things in the world, and as long as you're doing things that change the game, and as long as you're living your life on your terms, and you're experiencing joy and excitement and adventure, as long as you are progressing in life, anybody in your sphere, sphere, uh, who's not progressing, who's not on fire in their lives, who's not living their best lives, who's faking it on social media, pretending that they have a life they actually don't have, which is a lot of people, um, they're going to hate on you. 
and be good with that. Be good with that because your every move in the right direction, your every step of progress. Here's the thing. Your, your every decision that they don't agree with is going to piss them off. And so a lot of the haters that I have don't agree with decisions that I've made or, um, feel like I, I'm not living according to their standards. I also have haters who pretend that they're amazing when in fact they're not. And I know it and they know it. So of course they hate because on some level they must secretly believe, well, you know, she knows how it really is for me. And she, no, I'm not going to spill the tea. Here's the thing. I'm a firm believer that if I know the shit that you're living, there's nothing edifying for you or anybody else for me to reveal your business to other people. That's not my work. That's your work. So I'm not going to take anybody's work from them, but I'm also not going to put up with the bullshit of you talking about me behind my back and then smiling to my face. Here's the thing about haters. I'm not going to pretend with you. If I know you're talking about me behind my back, when I see you, you're going to feel exactly how I feel about you. We're not going to pretend. We're not going to smile. We're not going to say, hi, how are you? Hey, girl. We're not going to do any of that shit. Because if I know how you are, I'm going to treat you how you are. How about that? So when folks don't hear from me, when folks don't have my phone number, when folks don't get responses to emails or private messages, you already know why. You're a hater. I see you for what you are. I treat you accordingly. So the 10th lesson for me is hate comes in every size, shape, form, and fashion. Just love your haters. Love them. Because here's what they're doing for you. There's some powerful things that haters do for you. Number one, they're giving you insight into what other people might be saying or thinking about you. And yes, you do have to take a step back and go, okay, is there any truth in this? Is there any truth? And typically with haters, there is a kernel of truth. So there's a place where if you really take the kernel of truth from every hater, you can use it to grow and you can use it to better develop that piece of yourself. So take the kernel of truth. Use it to develop yourself. That's the first thing that's great about haters. The second thing that's great about haters is they really are a classroom for you to learn how not to need other people's validation, support, affirmation, and permission to succeed. When you have enough haters, you go, I just can't, I can't allow where I'm taking my life to be based on whether or not they like me. I just can't do it because some people are never going to like me. And so I have to learn how to believe in myself enough to operate regardless of what other people think, to operate regardless of what other people say or do. And that's a very powerful spiritual classroom because so many of us have been raised by people whose admiration we want, whose um, approval we think we need. And so we keep running in circles to get other people's approval, but we're not doing our own thing because we're basing our progress on whether or not other people like us. Haters help you eliminate that shit immediately. They, they just, you just get to a point where you go, I'm not going to please anybody. I'm no longer trying to please anybody and I got to do me. And then you do you. And it's really that simple. It's really that simple. So the top 10 business lessons for me for 2018 were one, self-love is the secret to business success. Two, when you know your worth, other people will too. And here's the thing. The people that don't know your worth, as soon as you absolutely know your worth, guess what? 
If they can't see your worth, if they don't treat you on the level that you expect, you'll drop them like it's hot. So when you know your worth, other people will too. Number three lesson, time everything. Toggle.com, T-O-G-G-L.com, just saying. Number four, organic email list building is the best way to go, period. Number five, frequency and intensity is a business superpower. Yes, it is. Number six, coffee doesn't help my productivity, period. And for you, what foods are you eating? What drinks are you consuming that you know down in your soul aren't helping your productivity? Cut them out, period. Zero 100 person here talking. Number seven, don't judge the size of a task before you actually do it once. Like do it once and then judge if this is something you can keep doing. Lots of people decide not to podcast or not to blog on their business because like it's going to take too much time. No, no, no. Do it once and see how much time it actually takes. Time it and toggle and then decide if that's something you want to keep doing. Number eight, consistency means scheduling the right tasks at the right time. So consistency is not just do I do it every day. Consistency is, um, is am I scheduling the right tasks in my business at the right time. Only you know the answer to that. Number nine, use your emotions. Don't let your emotions use you. Drop the mic on that. And number 10, haters come in every size, shape, form, and fashion. Appreciate their role in your success. Love your haters. Like don't read their comments. Don't uh, go back and forth with text messages, private messages, and emails with them. Like don't engage them in the game of verbal assault that they want to do, but love them anyway. Love the fact that they're teaching you how to not give a damn what anybody thinks. And that's an amazing place to be. Just love them. Because if they have enough time to hate in your life, I guarantee you they're not focusing on their lives, which is where their minds, their hearts, and their actions need to be. So if they're not handling their business, why should you be worried about what they have to say about yours? They're not even handling their own business. Enough said. Boom. Um, uh, and I say all of this to say, these are my top 10 business lessons of 2018. Listen, if you love what I talk about in She Runs the Show, number one, please share it with somebody you know needs to hear this. And number two, I never talk about leaving a review on iTunes. Could you just go to iTunes and leave a review? It's tinyurl.com forward slash She Runs the Show podcast. I have to work on my iTunes account because I don't know why it's so hard to find She Runs the Show on iTunes, but it is. But go to tinyurl.com forward slash She Runs the Show podcast and please leave a review on iTunes. And last but not least, if you are not signed up for my daily dose of inspiration, it's a combination of like inspiration, get it together talk. But I also tell you about the ups and downs that I'm going through. I write it in real time. Uh, when you get it, I've just written it and it is not an autoresponder sequence. It is real. It's as real as they come. And it's meant to inspire you, to call you to action, but also to share with you my life journey and what's going right and what's going wrong. So you can sign up for the daily dose of inspiration at tiny url.com forward slash kv daily dose that is tiny url.com forward slash kv daily dose all right everybody i will catch you on the next episode of she runs the show 